Welcome on into the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Tim Unglesby and my partner, as always, Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. And for the next two hours, we are going to break down what we call Overreaction Sunday. Yes, all the hot takes on Week Four of the National Football League. We'll take a look at some of the Week Five matchups as the lines are out for those games. And, of course, I've saved some time, as we always do every Sunday night, for Major League Baseball as we finally know all the teams, who they're going to play, and Tommy and I will break that all down for you as well on the show tonight. Mateo, back in the Lotus Broadcast Studios with us, and Tom, I don't know if you remember, but an oldie but a goodie is with Mateo tonight. His name is Angel. He did a couple of our remotes. Do you remember him? Ah, yes, absolutely. How are you, Angel? There it is. So the gang's all here. We're ready to go, Tom. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? Let's let's get this going tonight. I had a great day. I am absolutely ready to go. We always start with what we saw last, and uh, I'll, I'll actually read the last text I sent you tonight, Tom. Which was we we have so many, but this was I, this was like right in the th- I guess towards the end of the third quarter of the Sunday nighter between Kansas City and the New York Jets. And my, my basic tweet was, Tommy, the Chiefs are pathetic. Yeah, look, <clears throat> Chiefs did not play well tonight. There's no sugarcoating it. You want to talk about Zach Wilson looked good. You want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the Jets' defense was this and that. It, it, look, the Jets played okay. Zach Wilson played okay. He did. And, I've I, look, I've defended the kid for a while now. I think in that kind of system, that's what you need to do. They went to the tight ends early and often. Um, but let's be honest. The Kansas City Chiefs just played poorly. How many times you see Patrick Mahomes make those throws? That wasn't because of good defense, guys. That was just poor throws by Patrick Mahomes. How many times do you see Andy Reid not use what, what was working? Look, uh, Isaiah Pachanko was running like a man on fire, and they just went completely away from it for a lot of the third quarter. You know, he had 10 carries. I, I had his over carries for the game, so I know exactly where it was. It was over 12 and a half. He had 10 carries at the half. And then he had 10 carries going into the fourth quarter, right? I mean, Tim, you know, what, what are we doing? The guy was absolutely running just like a maniac. And sometimes the Chiefs get into that. And they touched on this on the broadcast. I know everybody hates, um, you know, uh, when these two start opening up their mouths and the love fest of Collinsworth. But Collinsworth picks things up. He really does. And one of the things that he picked up was that sometimes the Chiefs, and specifically Patrick Mahomes, he gets too cute. He tries too many things. He tries the falling down pass and things like that. And Andy Reid has to kind of pull him aside and say, okay, you know what I mean? Let, let's calm down. Collinsworth talked about that. And you saw that during the game itself, that he started to get too cute. And I think, look, uh, Jet fans, I'm just going to say it. I think they overlooked you. I think the Jets are the Jets. It's a joke. It's Zach Wilson. Their defense is completely overrated. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line is terrible. And I think the Chiefs were sort of toying with them. Um, but for all the bad, look, Casey gets the win. It, it, it's a road win on Monday Night Football. It's going to go down as that against a quote-unquote good defense. And there's nothing more that you could ask for them. Yeah. The the bottom line is Kansas City did win this game as, as much as I thought they were pathetic. They did win 23-20. They're now 3-1 and one on the season. The Jets dropped to 1-3. And, and you're right. You know, really, you ever hear the old, the old adage, tale of two has? Well, this is a tale of one quarter versus three quarters. Chiefs house of fire to come out, right, Tom? A field goal to open, which could have conceivably been a touchdown had they went for it on fourth down, but 
whatever. They get a touchdown on the next next drive. They get another uh, touchdown a little bit later with Mahomes to Gray. You know, it, it's seventeen nothing after one. Then you get a fluke a fluke safety. Jets come back with a field goal. Then they cut it to to five before KC had an eight point lead at the half. But then you said it. I'm not sure uh, what you said in the text was. Mahomes looks lost out there, and he, I, I thought the same thing. Is like we're not even looking at the same guy we saw in the first quarter, and this game was way closer than it should have been. Statistically, you look at it. If Kansas City can run for 200 yards a game, Tom, they should win convincingly. 200 yards a game and less than 200 yards passing, and that's what we got tonight. But they only win by a field goal. But a win is a win, right? Yeah, look, you know, it's so funny because we made fun of Eli Manning for years, guys, right? Looking over the sidelines with that dumbfounded look. His brother makes fun of him for it, right? That look on your head where Eli just doesn't know what's going on, right? Has no idea what's going on. Mahomes was caught in the act a couple of times tonight with that look on his face, right? A couple mm-hmm. of times tonight, Mahomes looked to the sidelines dumbfounded, like he had no idea what was going on. And it wasn't because the Jets were confusing him defensively and giving him different looks. It was more so he was going, wait a minute, wait a minute, what was I supposed to do on that one? You can see that they were out of sync. But like you said, look, a win is a win. They didn't cover. It was the right move. I know everybody's screaming and yelling. Uh, it was the right move. 85 or 86% of all people had KC. I know you're upset tonight. They should have won by more. It was a bad game. But here's the difference between Kansas City and other teams. When they have a bad game, Tim, they still have the ability to pull it out and win the game. That's the difference between Kansas City and a lot of other teams. I'm not going to say every other team, but a lot of other teams. There are going to be games this year that a lot of good teams sleepwalk through. Look ahead. Don't look great. Uh, whatever it might be. Most of them, that happens for a half, even three quarters. And then they sort of, of course, adjust and fix things and wind up either pulling the game out or, oh, well, you know what? They kind of got themselves too far behind. The Kansas City Chiefs have shown this many times. Go through every single year, every single season. There's a, a game or two that Kansas City, you just go, oh, wait, something's, something's not working here. And we find a million and one reasons to jump on them. Now, I've said a, a couple of times, I still think that they cannot get to the promised land this year if they don't find that number one receiver. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is it. I get it. Still need a receiver. Still need that number one guy. And when things kind of come crashing down and things kind of turn around and this is this is what happens and you go, oh, what's going on? Who are they going to? Who's the guy Mahomes trusts? Who's the guy Mahomes is going to kind of go, all right, you know what? I'm going to consistently do that. Well, it's always going to be Kelsey. Kelsey's getting older. Already dealt with injuries this year. And he's going to be double teamed in those spots. So I think somebody really does have to step up here, Tim, in a very, very tough AFC. I'm not getting crazy about what I watched tonight. But there are some red flags if you're a Chiefs fan. You can't like what you saw tonight. Happy with the outcome. Can't like it. Yeah, they, they need some of the young. You, you know, they, they're... Tommy, they're, they're rebuilding without rebuilding, right? They they uh, they're adding the young speedsters to this core of wide receivers. They don't necessarily need, like you said, the number one because Travis Kelsey's the number one option. And now you have speed burners out there, three different ones that, whether it's Gray or it's Moore or or whatever, that can get out there and, and make big plays. So, which has been the onus of, of the Chiefs since Tyreek Hill left, anyways. But you're right; they're they're going to need one of these guys to step up because if Kelsey does go down, like we saw in Week One, and I, I don't blame. 
that loss on Travis Kelsey not being there necessarily. But I do say that if it happens again later in the season, Tom, they, they're going to need somebody to be able to step in. And I don't know who that guy would be right now. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, you, do you trust to get Aries, Tony? I, no. I know Mahomes doesn't. Do you no. trust Rice? Not really. He's more of a guy you flip it to, get him out in space, almost a McCole Hardman who was, you know, sort of that guy for them. Do you trust any of these guys? I, you can't. You can't trust anybody right now. They brought in Juju last year to be that guy, and they couldn't trust him. They don't have that guy on the roster. Um, that's why they keep going to McKinnon. That's why they're going to Kelsey. And I think that if you face a really tough defense, a Bills defense, for example, in the playoffs, if you face a really tough defense, uh, maybe the Ravens get to that point. Uh, I think once you face that D, they're going to just isolate Kelsey and say, okay, once we get you to third down, you need to find someone else because there is nobody that you trust. So that's step one. If I'm Andy Reid, I'm going, I'm going to use the next three or four games and find that number one receiver, find that guy, make him a number one receiver and force Patrick Mahomes to sort of trust this guy. Speaking of Andy Reid, win number 250, number four all-time for NFL coaches on the list of wins. And coaches... How about, how about you said the term look lost out there? Doesn't Robert Sala look lost every week, Tommy, on the sidelines for the Jets? Just his face, it just looks like he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I, I, I said a while ago, look, um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where Robert Sala should not have been hired in the first place. Sorry, guys, he's a defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. He was a good defensive coordinator for the Niners. Guess what? Next guy came in, did just as good, got a head coaching job. The Niners just have good players, okay, right? I mean, John Lynch just put together a great, great system there. So he's a guy that I didn't think should have been hired in the first place. But he got hired. The Jets, what did they do? Look, they had a pretty good defense last year. Then it was basically your future is now tied to Aaron Rodgers. Your future is tied to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers goes down. Now we're going to see what kind of coach you are. A coach that loses Aaron Rodgers with this roster that people thought were going to the Super Bowl, Tim, you can't win four or five games. You mm-hmm. can't blame this all on Zach Wilson, right? You, you, you just can't. Look at what their defense has done. Look, no, 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 you can't. Robert Sala, without Aaron Rodgers, should still be battling for 500. He shouldn't be getting crushed. And he didn't get crushed tonight, but it's a loss. It's another loss. And guess what? They shouldn't have a win on their resume right now. That opening night win was a fluke. So that's really something that you have to look at with Robert Sala is his future is tied to, to Aaron Rodgers. Do they give him the year to kind of tank and hope Rodgers comes back a year older and after ACL surgery and all that? Or, or is this a change that you make and you go, well, we need somebody to, to build our future and you're just not it. I, I guess it depends on how they finish the season, right, Tom? If they finish 8-9... and nine, He's got to go. They get. They have to be po- at least positive to, to keep the job. And then I don't even know if that's if it's worth it at that point. They they threw they showed his record on on the screen tonight. I was laughing because I I know that I know it what it was and I agree with you. I thought that it was a terrible hire. And you're right. D'Amico Ryan's came in, did a better job than him, got a job, and is doing a better job as a head coach so far through four games. Tom than Robert Sala has his whole career as a head coach. Yeah, that's the problem with Robert Sala. But again, that's the problem. I love defensive coordinators. Don't get me wrong. I'm a defensive guy through and through. Uh, But you're in an offensive coordinator league. You have a young quarterback like Zach Wilson. And you have a disaster as your offensive coordinator. Yeah. Which, that's Robert Sala's choice, though, right? Yes. 
Yeah. So, so ultimately, he needs to take the blame for. It. I say, there, let's let's be real, right? If we're if we're gonna bet on it, Tom, it's for me. He's fired. At, he's he's not gonna make it to next year. So. I I don't know. I think they're gonna give him another year. I think that I think Woody Johnson gives him a year. Kind of saying, well, you know what? He lost Aaron Rodgers. I really do. I think it's a built-in yeah. excuse. Okay. We shall see. We we shall see what happens with that. We'll head over to uh, some afternoon action in the NFL. San Francisco 49ers. Tom now four and zero on the season. Thirty-five sixteen win at home against Phoenix. Not only did they win this game, they covered it as well. Two touchdown favorites. They win by nineteen. Tom and it. Look, I, I know the schedule is one thing we can we can say about San Francisco is they've had a schedule where um, it's not been the toughest, right? We can say that, but they are doing what they're doing and they're winning and they're winning convincingly. They are, and, and look, they are the most complete team, right? I mean, that is, um, you know, that is that is reality. They, they they can run the ball. Pass the ball. They have multiple outs, multiple weapons. Uh, Brock Purdy looks like the real deal, doesn't he? I mean, Brock Purdy really does. Their defense is strong. A- everything is there. Um, but when you look at it, you go, can they survive with one of their weapons going down? Look, anybody's going to struggle if the quarterback goes down, right? I mean, we just know that. Uh, but can San Francisco survive if Purdy goes down? Actually, yeah. Can they survive if Ayuk goes down? Yeah. Can they survive if K- Kittle down- goes down? Sure. Can they survive if Debo goes down? Yeah. Can they survive if Christian McCaffrey goes down, Tim? And Christian McCaffrey, now he's been healthy for a little while, but he's getting up there in age, and he's got a history of being injured. And when I watch today's game, it's McCaffrey left, McCaffrey right, uh, right, McCaffrey out of the end zone, McCaffrey on third down, McCaffrey. He is the offense. I mean, he is the offense. One of the other networks was talking about him being the MVP, even though he's not a quarterback, because he touches the ball so much, and he means so much to that offense. So suddenly, you're not talking about a regular situation where you go, oh, you know what, uh, a quarterback, that quarterback, look, Mahomes goes down, Kansas City's going to struggle. Sure, of course. No, 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 this is McCaffrey who's touching the ball, running the ball into the line with an injury history. That's the thing that could derail San Francisco. And I'm not even talking about season ending. I'm talking about uh, something that keeps him out three, four weeks. I think that they won't even have an identity back there. Playing that division, though, Tom, they could afford an injury like that for if it's a couple weeks, right? Well, maybe. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Because, again, if a guy goes – if McCaffrey gets hurt for, let's say, three, four weeks, right? Now you lose home field advantage. Do you feel good? Let's just say the Eagles, so I don't think I've played that well. But do you feel good about traveling across country and starting Brock Purdy in an NFC Championship game on the road against the Eagles in Philly? Probably not. Right. You know, it starts to change the dynamic. So, mm-hmm. uh, to me, the only thing that's derailing San Francisco is an injury, and they could actually deal with a lot of injuries. It's just the major major injury is not really the quarterback. It, it really is a running back. Next Sunday night, we get, we get a matchup, though, Tom. We get 49ers. We get the Cowboys. That's the game next Sunday night on NBC. And the opening early line I see right now is the Niners are field goal favorite at home. Yeah, look, you have to bet on the Niners. I mean, how can you bet against this team? I don't care who they're playing right now. They are, to me, the best team in the NFL right now. Um, I think that they're more impressive than Philadelphia. They're the only two undefeated teams in the NFL. 
they might have their slip-ups, but I can't bet against this team in any capacity. Tim, uh, who are you taking? I mean, uh, really, who are you taking in this spot? Yeah, you you have to take San Francisco right now. And and we'll, we'll kind of segue into the next game because it is Dallas, and Dallas looked great today, or did New England look bad? 38-3, the Cowboys win this one at home. They're now 3-1, and so we'll get a 4-0 and versus 3-1 next Sunday night. Dak Prescott, a lot better this week than last week, right? 261, and he only had the one touchdown. I don't think, from what I saw, it was more defensively Dallas, obviously, because I didn't feel that they ran the ball effectively today at all. So that that's something to pay attention to next Sunday night, San Francisco's defense. But was this just a combination, Tom? Dallas was just um, a little bit better than last week, and New England just stunk. Well, look, this was Mac Jones. If you watch the game, it was Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones um, making mistakes. I mean, it was just mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. He had multiple interceptions, returned for touchdowns, bad situations, bad spots. Mac Jones imploded today. You know, you could talk about the rest of the New England team and you could talk about, uh, you know, well, the defense did this. This was a, a complete and utter Mac Jones meltdown game. That's what this was. It was a failure at every single stop for Mac Jones. And that is exactly what this was. He was pulled from Bailey Zappi in the game. Um, I think that we've all known what Mac Jones is in the betting community. He's 0-12 now against the spread as an underdog. He has never beaten a team if his team didn't score more than 24 points. I mean, this is who Mac Jones is. And Bill finally got sick and tired of it. I mean, he literally was giving the game away today. And he actually, the Cowboys dropped two passes that he could have had two more interceptions. It was a nightmare. And you cannot be a defense run-first team and just have a quarterback implode. They're not asking you to do much, Mac. They're asking you to not give the game away. Try to give the game away. So what do you? Okay. So what do you do if you're you're Bill Belichick and the Patriots? You don't want to, right, Tom? Overreact, do you? I think you have to. I think you have to because it's not an upper level guy. It's not even a mid level guy. It's not even like Daniel Jones here. This is Mac Jones who lost his job last year. Probably shouldn't be the starting quarterback. I think you have to overreact. He lost his job to Bailey Zappi, as a matter of fact, didn't he? That, that happened. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, and then they put him back in. Uh, so Mac Jones, as a rookie, made the playoffs. I remember that. And then it, this is his third season, I believe, right? So uh, not good last year. He's had, I think he's had, I wouldn't even say in, in the – four games he's had a great game he he had a game they won where he didn't make any mistakes and that's why they won but he's had two just awful games so far this year unfortunately we've been on the wrong side of those tom in our contest but um it, so you you think you go to zappy next week or what do you do yeah absolutely i do it's time gotta to change turn the page. okay yeah, you have to change it you, you can't keep going back to the same guy that keeps you know stinking up the joint and that's mac jones yeah. you can't have confidence in mac jones at any point like if you were a team that was 2-2, two and two, maybe you don't make the switch. You go, ah, you know what? Mac Jones can get us to the playoffs. But at this point, you got to roll the dice and say, maybe we find something in Bailey Zappi. Maybe. Right. Or you really start to think about turning around and, and making a trade. Making a trade, making that deal. You're not going to get one. You're not going to be bad enough in the draft to go get one. You don't want to develop if your Bills age with this team. Maybe you got to go out there and make a trade. And I'm not even talking about a huge guy. Think about what Ryan Tannehill could do in this offense, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it doesn't have to be the massive name, the Kirk Cousins that everyone's throwing out uh, out there. Uh, what about Justin Fields? If the Bears start losing massively, how do you think Justin Fields in this offense? I mean, there are options out there. 
especially in this conference, right, Tom? It's it's already slim pickings to make the playoffs, and you're putting yourself in a bad spot, being one and three right now. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Patriots are done today. I I do. I think I think their defense is really good. Stevenson's great. They don't have weapons for the quarterback, and they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they just can't move the ball downfield. I think their their playoff hopes are done. Give me the quick synopsis on how Dallas can win next Sunday night in San Francisco. I mean, look, it's not it's not rocket scientists how how you have to beat them. It's the execution, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not going out there and, and the un, unstoppable team and the ungettable get and all that. No, no, no. They're a, they're the, a good team. They're the best team you know in the league. Um, but there's a blueprint of how to stop them. That is rattle block Brock Purdy, who nobody has really been able to do, and just completely and utterly neutralize uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, I, I look, Belichick is actually a pretty good one to kind of go up against this. Belichick would be able to neutralize McCaffrey. He does that with everybody's star player, right? You double team, triple team, you do whatever you want, put a spy on McCaffrey, but you also have to put upfront pressure without bringing a blitz on, on Brock Purdy. A front four like Philadelphia... Uh, like the Saints have a good front four like that too. When you don't have to blitz, you come at them. That is going to disrupt it. Let's head to the great state of Texas, Tom. The Houston Texans now winners of two in a row. It was Jacksonville last week. This week it's Pittsburgh, thirty to six. Tommy, they beat up the Steelers. Stroud, three hundred six yards, two touchdowns for the rookie. On the other side, Kenny Pickett, not good at all and then gets injured Steelers 2-2 two and two, Texans 2-2 two and two, and Tomlin I, I don't even know what to say right now this is not I'm not used to seeing Pittsburgh like this and they looked absolutely horrid today and Tomlin in the press conference looked like like Bill should look he knows you know that Pickett's not the guy now and I you know I've defended Pickett he knows Pickett's yeah. not the guy he also knows Najee Harris isn't the guy <laughs> right so that that's a problem um you know, he wants Warren to be it. I, I don't think Warren is a true number one. And he's looking at this and he's going, I don't have my quarterback. I don't have a running back. Um, you know, uh, what do I do? I, can I get by on pure defense? We, we get, you know, Deontay Johnson back. Can I get by on pure defense? Well, what's Trubinsky going to do? I actually think Trubinsky at this point is better than Pickett. Uh, but what do you do with, with an offense that has a bad offensive line, no star running back, and no quarterback? And that's what he's going to try to navigate through this year. But I think that he he was banking on, okay, look, we can get so far with Kenny Pickett, hopefully by week 13, 14, we start to see a, a big leap that maybe he could do big things this year. That that dream is gone. That dream is dashed for Mike Tomlin. So he's now going, maybe we could squeak into the playoffs. Maybe I can stay over 500. I think he realizes that you know things are bad in Pittsburgh. They got a great defense. They have good wide receivers. Basically, everything else in the offense is in shambles. What's your take on the Texans? This was a Chris Wynn free pick winner last night on the show, Tom. They they beat Jacksonville handedly, right? They they beat the Steelers handily today. Um, I don't I don't even they're buying into what D'Amico Ryan's is, is selling right now, and and you know they they run the ball. Right? Pierce at eighty. Stroud, big game passing. We already talked about that. Collins, you love Collins. I know that. He's the number one guy. Are we are we buying into the Houston Texans, or are we overreacting on the on the two wins now? I think a little bit of both. Um, 
you, you look at Houston and you go, they're missing their two left tackle, but both both uh, left and the right tackle. That's incredible that they're doing this. I still don't think that they're getting a, a big push up front, but there's a reason for it. They're missing these guys. What we know is this, is that C.J. Stroud looks for real. Um, we also know that their wide receivers, while young, you might not have a one in the group, but you got a bunch of twos, and that's pretty good. You also know that Damian Pierce can run the ball if you have an offensive line. The problem is, Tim, is that I don't trust this defense at all. And I don't trust this offensive line long-term. Can C.J. Stroud make some plays here and there? Can C.J. Stroud go down the field and and, and scare some people? Can C.J. Stroud throw for... Yeah, yeah, he's talented enough, absolutely. And he's going to run into some wins because of that. Um, but what are we talking about? I mean, are, are you asking me is... Are the Houston Texans a playoff team? I'm laughing at that. Are you saying, can they get over their win total of what, what was it, six, six and a half? Yeah. Yeah. I think they could win eight, nine games, Tim. And the AFC, that's not going to be enough. But I really do. Because I, I, I'm stunned. I couldn't be more wrong about C.J. Stroud coming in the draft. I thought he should sit down for the entire first year. That was my take on it. Sit down. He's got a lot of talent. Sit down and just learn. Well, I was completely wrong. He looks absolutely ready right now. Next week, week five, Houston at Atlanta, Tom. And the team we just talked about, the Houston Texans, two big back-to-back wins on the road, plus three and a half at the Falcons. I don't know what to make of the Falcons right now. I mean, Houston's a team that you look at and you go, they're explosive. The Falcons, this is why we like Jacksonville, and I I broke this down last night, why I like Jacksonville, because you can make Atlanta one-dimensional. Tim, I don't know, were you awake at 6.30 in the morning to watch that Jacksonville game? I did, sir. Remember, I get off at 4 in the morning, though, so... So, so I watched the game, and I watched uh, the Nickelodeon version, or I mean the uh, Disney version for a little while, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I watched the game, and it's exactly what we thought. Bijan's going to be tough. You know, they're going to run. They play a little opportunistic defense. But when they get behind, it's kind of just over. They they got, they have nothing. Desmond Ritter can't be the guy for long. They're going to have to sit him down, Tim. So here we go. I can't bet on Atlanta because if a team gets up by 10, the game might be over. I mean, it just might be flat out over. It was 6.30 here, so it was 9.30 there. You're, you were already up. Well, you were up at 6.30 anyways, but... Um, yeah. It, it's, uh, it was fun, because you know, I, I actually left work about 4.30. Um, and I knew there was a game at 6.30, so I, I maybe I tricked my body into not being tired at that point, so I stayed up and watched that. I, I will admit I dozed off at halftime a little bit, Tom, but I was up for the third. And then by that time, I only had a, a little bit, maybe a half hour or so, before the 10 o'clockers started. And then, the you know, I had to watch the 1 o'clock games. So I had a nap between the end of the Raider-Charger game and the beginning of the Chief-Jet game. So I'm running on some, some energy drinks right now. But, it, it, you know, I like the 6.30 games, though, Tom. I think I think it's, it's a nice little twist uh, during the season, man. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like it at all. I get <laughs> off the air. I get off the air here, you know, 3 a.m. By the time I go to sleep, it's 4. Um, now I go to, now, you know, now I, I wake up at about 8, 8.30 to try to get ready for that game. And then I'm awake from 8.30 till, you know, about 4.30 or so again. And got to get the kids on the bus. It, it's, yeah, I don't like, I don't like these London games at all. <laughs> Nothing. I don't like anything about England. Yeah. I hear you, man. There's a game next week, though, right? So... Yeah, do it again. Yep. Let's I, do this. Know, this is the game next week. And by the way, I brought this up to Rob Mish before the season began when I saw the schedule. Mm-hmm. I said, 
there's a huge advantage for Jacksonville because Buffalo's going to play Jacksonville in London again. They're going to stay there, Tim. There's not going to be any travel. Right. So that's right. pretty big. That's that's an advantage for Jacksonville. You're saying? Oh, absolutely, big, it's huge. Big advantage, yeah, big advantage. Let's do this. Let's take the first time out here on a Super Sunday night. Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. More Week Five NFL action on the other side of the timeout. Major League Baseball later on in hour number two. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton, back at it after this. Now back to Heat Wave Sports. Back at it here on a Sunday night. We call it the Super Sunday Night Edition of E-Wave Sports. If you'd like to join us tonight, if you still use the telephone, 876-1340 is the Heat Wave hotline. Nowadays, everybody's social media bound, so that's at Tom Barton Sports, at HW Sports over on the X. And we'll be happy to read out your tweets or messages to us and jump back into week week four action in the NFL. Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns today. Big, big defensive fumble return for a touchdown for the Vikings, Tom, in a battle of 0-3 teams. You talked about it last time on the show. The odds. Well, my friend, Tampa, uh, Carolina now has less than 2% chance of making the playoffs, right, Tom? 21-13, Vikings get it done. They get their first win. Yeah, look, the Vikings had to, right? Um, <laughs> that, that's... That's one of the things you get with 13 wins and Kirk Cousins is quote unquote on the block, according to everybody, even though he's not, you know, he's on the block and you let Dalvin Cook go and it's a mess. You had to win this game. There was no way. This was a must win. And I talked about it last night, not for Carolina, who's got Bryce Young back there and they're growing up. No, no, this was a must, must win for a Vikings franchise that has now seen their window to win it all close. Right. I mean, that's just what it is. This is close. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison had zero catches today. Kirk Cousins playing out of his mind. You can't blame Kirk Cousins. And you look around and you go, if we lose Kirk Cousins after the year, which they probably will, if we lose Kirk Cousins, we will not be bad enough to get Caleb Williams. We will not be bad enough to get a Drake May. Um, maybe we can get a guy like Penix, maybe, and hope for the best. But overall, we're starting from zero. We're starting from square one. The defense has holes. They have no running game. Their offensive line is beat up. So you got Jeff- Jefferson, Addison. This is why I didn't love the selection of Addison. You got Jefferson, Addison, and who? And I'm trying to find the name, right? I'm trying to find who else you could build around in the next three or four years because that's going to be the rebuild. I think Minnesota is in a bad spot even with this win. It was a good win. Kept their head above water, right? Kept them alive. Uh, I wonder if this quiets down the Kirk Cousins is leaving conversation, but it didn't stop me from saying they're not a playoff team. Yeah, had two bad interceptions today, too, did uh, Mr. Cousins. So at one and three, Tom, here, here's the problem. Next week, they get, they get a home. They're at home, which is that's great. That's great. But the Kansas City Chiefs come to town, Tom, and we just talked about Kansas City, and you have to think that they weren't they weren't happy with their performance, especially in the second half tonight. Chiefs a five point favorite right now. If you want to bet it at Minnesota, I can't imagine that that Kansas City doesn't go in there and roll up points. Look, this Minnesota Vikings defense is trying to learn a new defense. They're trying to bring in you know, bring a new defensive coordinator. They're trying to bring in new things. Right, I understand that, um, but it's just not adapting right away. And maybe they don't have the players. Maybe it's a different scheme that they're trying to get used to. Whatever it might be, they can't run the ball either. So the only chance that you have to beat teams, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, 
is to throw the ball all day and just outscore them. Meaning, I don't mean outscore. That sounds ridiculous. Oh, you know, 10-9 is outscoring them. No, no. Meaning, you got to go into that game going, all right, look, we're getting into a shootout. We got to hope that we win. You feel good about that against Kansas City on the turf? You feel good about trying to get into a shootout with Kirk, uh, with, uh, Kirk Cousins against Patrick Mahomes, as good as Cousins has been playing? That's their chance. So, I think, like you said, Kansas City, I know it's two road games in a row, which is tough. And coming off of a, a Sunday night game, I get it. Uh, but, look, you can't expect Kansas City to throw up a stinker again. You can't expect Patrick Mahomes to play that badly again. And, and that right there is real, really a concern if you're Minnesota. Because just as much as 0-4 was avoided, Tim 1-4, is, is it really that much different? No, you're not making the playoffs. My thing, my, my question would be, um, Kansas City was up 17 nothing after the first quarter. Say they win tonight, Tom, 44-20. What's the line in this game next week at Minnesota? How much does it go up? It's got to be 7.5, right? Yeah. I was going to say 8, 9, yeah, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. It's got to be over, over a touchdown, even on the road. Right. So if you believe in what we've seen, we, if you believe in what we've seen with Kansas City coming off a stinker, because I'm going to call it a stinker, they generally come ready to go the next Andy Reid gets them ready to go again, Tom. So if you like KC next week, grab it now, right? Wouldn't that be simple better's advice? Don't wait around till Sunday or Saturday. Bet it now. A hundred percent. You grab this right now. It's going to go up. A lot of these lines we could tell you to jump on early. Um, I'm not a closing line value guy. I don't scream mm-hmm. about closing line value. But this is one of those, yeah, you want to grab it right away. So for the Panthers rebuilding, you know, they trade away McCaffrey for the future. Miles Sanders, the free agent signing hasn't been exactly uh, breakout. We've seen, you know, I think he's banged up still. Hubbard's not the guy. Uh, Young's going to get the reps, right? We know that, Tom. And I know last night you talked about that Andy Dalton actually gives him a better chance to win games. I'm assuming at this point Carolina's like, let's just let the kid play and, and see how he does the rest of the way, right? I mean, there's no sense in uh, playing Dalton at all anymore. No, 100%. And, and the only reason they did is because he was banged up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Carolina team that they lost, uh, you know, uh, Shaq Thompson in the middle, right? I mean, he was he was one of their better players. They have a good defense, but they're dropping like flies. Miles Sanders was a terrible signing. We knew it at the time Miles Sanders was a bad signing. They're counting on old man Adam Thielen to, to work out there. I mean, to me, this has got to be Bryce Young. Put in Hubbard. Let's see what Mingo can do. That's what I'd be looking for. Panthers next week at Detroit, Tommy. So a Thursday night winner, as we know. Lions, seven and a half point favorite right now. Look, the Lions are a tough team to back. Um for a number of reasons, because they're still, I don't know, they're, they're winning games, Tim, but they're still a team that I have a hard time completely trusting. I trust them more in the Dome than I do anywhere else, right? Uh, but but I still have a hard time trusting this team. To me, they're ineffectively using, uh, you know, they're running backs, Gibbs. I, look, I know Montgomery's good, but they're ineffectively using it. St. Brown is still backed up a little bit. They don't have a really a number two receiver. One day it's Reynolds, the other way it's Raymond. Um, I like this team a lot, and I like what they're doing. But it's almost like the personality of their coach is to play close games, isn't it? Um, it, it? It's to play really tough, really tight games, you know, win it at the end, bite kneecaps and stuff. Those kind of games go bad if you're a big favorite, and this is a big favorite. 
it's almost like <clears throat> I want to kind of compare them to the UNLV Rebels, right, Tom? That you're happy with what you see, you you, you kind of like get a little bit excited, and then they do something that just completely derails the whole train, and it almost seems like a spot where if you told me that the Lions at home lost to Carolina next week. I would just I would say okay I understand because I'm so used to seeing that right Tom they're they're used to like failing when they shouldn't so you build it up to have this letdown now maybe it's a bad uh, comparison I don't know but that's just how I kind of feel yeah it, it I, again I kind of said this before the year did uh, so nothing has changed I think that they're good enough to win the division right mm-hmm. I think it's a weak division but I see a lot of holes. I think that they're good enough to win a weak division, but I don't see big things in the playoffs. They go up against the San Francisco or even a Philadelphia, who I'm not impressed with this year. I think they're coming up on the short end of the stick. Now, I like what they've done defensively. Um, and they've done a lot of that with banged-up defense. I need to see more. The one thing I need to see, and I've said this again since last year, guys, I need to see more than one pass rusher on Adrian Hutchinson. He's really good. Really good. But even T.J. Watt got so much better when he got that number two. Joey Bosa got so much better when he got that two. Nick Bosa got so much better when he got that number two. Somebody else that makes you go, ah, you know, we can't really triple team this guy. And they don't have that. They need another pass rusher up the middle. This could be the comeback story of the year, Tom. I know it's early, but I'd love to see it. Baker Mayfield, whose career was essentially ruined by being a Cleveland Brown, is finding a little bit of light here. In this tunnel, he's got the Tampa Bay Bucks to a three-and-one start with a 26-9 road win in New Orleans this afternoon. 246 yards for Baker, three touchdowns. How about the Bucks, man? Yeah, I thought that the Bucks is were a team that could do some interesting things this year. I liked the idea that you know Baker Mayfield had a chip on his shoulder. I liked the the idea of the middle linebackers are potentially the best in the business, right? I mean Lloyd and White, but their offensive line is so bad. I mean, it's just, there's no way around it. Their offensive line, to me, is the worst in the league. It is so bad. It's the worst in the league, Tim, and I'm including the Texans who are dealing with two backups, okay? That's how bad this offensive line is, and there's just no way around it. You see it on every play. Baker Mayfield is doing what he can back there. I know there are people that are upset about Rasheed White. There are people upset that they can't run the ball. Guys, watch the game. They are getting absolutely pummeled, and that's why Kate Otten, who's more of a pass catcher, is out of the game sometimes. It switches all game plans around. It switches everything up. Mike Evans is a deep threat. They're not even using him as a deep threat. He's more of a corner guy and a slant guy now. The entire team is suffering just because they just simply cannot get a push up front. And here comes the great scheduling of the National Football League. The Tampa, Tampa Bucks, Tommy, are actually off next week, so they played four games and they get a break. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, and it comes at a terrible time for them because you know you look at this and you go, if you have young guys, they're going to hit that boom, that wall late in the season, not early. Yeah, right. Because now they have to play weeks six through, what, 18 straight? Stupid. Yeah, no, 16 straight. Right? Right? Is it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Either way, that's a long time. <laughs> right? Yeah. <It's> stupid. <laughs> For the Saints, uh, look, a 2-0 and start. Defense looked phenomenal. A lot, a lot of hype. But the season turns quickly, and there's a lot of twists and turns in NFL season. Derek Carr did play today. He was not effective at all. Alvin Kamara returned 50 yards on the ground. Uh, 
Tale of two, tale of two, it's going to be a tale of many seasons, but Tommy DeSaint's now 2-2. Two and two, And they match up next week with Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Look, I don't believe in the Saints. I don't believe in Jameis Winston. I think Alvin Kamara's got to have some rust. He didn't look overly rusted today, but yeah, I don't like that game plan. Olave didn't have a catch until like the fourth quarter. I mean, he didn't even have targets today. I don't believe in Mike Thomas. I don't believe in any of that, but I do believe in their defense. I think the upfront push, like I mentioned, is great. I think that Lattimore is still a top 10 defensive back in the league. I think that they have things working for them. If Derek Carr was in this game and, and completely healthy, uh, I would go with it. Maybe I would be able to even back a Jameis Winston that had more than a game or two under his belt. Maybe, Tim, right? Maybe. But they're in flux. So while the Patriots are backs against the wall, they, they look bad, they look flailing, Mac Jones looks horrible, don't forget what they did to the Miami Dolphins holding that offense down. Don't forget what they did to the Dallas Cowboys holding that offense, uh, you know, basically down. Look, a lot of that was defense today, right? Uh, defensive touchdowns. I still think this defense is really good. I don't know if the Saints are going to be able to move the ball. I lean New England at home, but it might be the last hurrah. It might be the last time I bet New England all year if I do bet it. New England in this game, Tom, two and a half point favorites. So we're not even. You, you got They got to win. That's the only way you can bet this. They got to win. So. Yeah. Rams. Look, I think the. I'm sorry. I think the theory behind this is that oh man, New England just looked like garbage last week. But that, it, right. if you watch the game, it was Mac Jones that looked like garbage. I, if Bailey Zappi starts, don't you have to go with them? Yeah. It's a stay off for me. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's tough. Rams 29, Colts 23. They get it done in overtime. Stafford to Puka to win it. Interesting game. Richardson back, Tom, the rookie as well. Two touchdown passes. Moss continues to run the ball well for the Colts. We're interested to see what happens with Taylor being eligible here. Uh, one more is it one more week? Then Taylor's eligible, so we'll see what happens. But he's eligible to start practicing on Wednesday. Okay, so we'll see what happens with that for the Colts. They're two and two with the loss, though. Rams now two and two as well. Stafford three nineteen through the air. He had the one touchdown was in overtime to win it, but uh, I thought they moved the ball very effectively. They put up four hundred sixty seven yards on the Colts, but still almost. They almost lost this game, which was great. You know, that's the thing about the Colts. You talk about teams that don't give up like the Cardinals. you got to put the Colts in that category as well. They were basically left for dead heading into the second half. They were able to put this in overtime. Look, Tim, I mean, how much of this game did you were you able to catch? Not much, man, not much. Okay, why? Not, not, not your schedule. I'm saying why, because I think most of the country is going to say that. Why, why weren't you watching this game? No interest in it. And why is there no interest? Because uh, they both stink. I mean, is that? Yeah, that be, because they're both yeah. terrible teams, right? right. I, mean, I was leading you there. I mean, they're just both they're both terrible teams. Look, you could talk about the Rams and what they might be and what they could be, and Cooper Cup's coming back, and yeah, and Puka is fun, and uh, there's nobody thinking that the Rams are going to do anything special this year. Their offensive line is a mess. We saw that on Monday Night Football. They're a defense that you look at and you go, yeah, you could throw through the air on them, but. I mean, they're getting by on kind of guile and good coaching at this point. Meanwhile, Indianapolis, you know, AR-15 and all this. And Richardson's got some talent, but that's all he's got is talent because he's made some boneheaded moves. You see the cannon, you see the arm, but he's also gone out there and made, I don't know, just just bad decisions at the time. Zach Moss isn't it behind him. Alec Pierce is, is kind of the guy in Pittman. 
It's just a lack of talent on both teams. I like Puka. I like the story. I like Stafford. I still think he's got something left. Of course, Aaron Donald. But go through that rotation. Is Kyron Williams really getting you excited? You know what I mean? I go through the defensive backs there. It's just lack of talent on both teams. There, there are little nuggets that you could pull out here and there. But when you have lack of talent and you have two teams that, that have a couple of guys that can do things, it makes it incredibly difficult to go out there and handicap the game, which was a hard game to handicap today. I had a very difficult time last night because they're both that kind of team where if Stafford just had, it just steps up a level and has a great game, he's winning the game. Stafford to Puka all day. If AR runs it all over the place, he's winning the game. Right. But if you stop that one guy, it's all over. You could talk about Cooper Cup coming back. You could talk about Jonathan Taylor coming back, but they're not back. And we've seen, we just watched Josh Jacobs go through a couple of weeks where he looked just lost out there because he didn't have any training camp. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're a very difficult team to kind of look forward to and kind of get into the idea of handicapping these games because they are that kind of coin flip team. This next game, I, I, I want to look at both sides of of the ball on this one, Tom. So uh, Tennessee, uh, just impressive. 27-3 win at home over Cincinnati. So we'll start with the Titans. And as bad as they looked last week, right, Tommy, on the road, this is still the team that I said, if if Tanny Hill's healthy, if Henry is healthy, they're a sneaky, dangerous team. And they were dominant today. I said, you know, Henry 122 on the ground, touchdown. He threw one, two as well. Tanny Hill, 240 yards in the air, touchdown. Hopkins was involved. Westbrook was involved. Defensively, they were they were solid. They shut down whatever attack that Cincinnati had coming into the game. And I know we'll jump on Cincinnati here in a second, but Tommy, the, the Titans are—they're just that team. Like if they're healthy, they're sneaky. I don't want to play them in the playoffs, man. They're well coached, but Derrick Henry, this is his first burst game, Tim. They also can't stop the pass worth of. Darn, I think that while you just sound the praises of Tennessee, mm-hmm. to me this was the failure of Cincinnati. I gave out the free play last night uh, on the under, and a lot of that was because, well, the Tennessee Titans have now scored more than 22 points twice since week 11 of last year, okay? Um, it's more about Cincinnati. I watched this on Monday night. Joe Burrow's injured. But it's more than just Joe Burrow being injured, even if he was healthy. This offense is out of sync. It seems like they have Zach Taylor's playbook. They can't do anything. Uh, Jamar Chase, after the game, you you know, cursing, he said, I'm, I'm always effing open, you know. I, he, he's annoyed. You can see that Joe Mixon is getting upset. He's a volatile guy in that clubhouse. The offensive line has always, for three years I've been telling you guys that Cincinnati's offensive line is going to come back to bite them. Three years I've been telling you that Cincinnati's offensive line is a major problem. Well, it's rearing its ugly head this year, Tim. So, yes, since, since uh, I'm sorry, Tennessee is well coached. Yes, you got Derrick Henry, he could be uh, dangerous. Sure, their running defense is pretty good. Uh, but this is not about Tennessee, who I don't think is doing anything special this year. I really don't. This is about the failures of Cincinnati. And what are we looking at with Cincinnati? Before the year, I told you that Cincinnati Bengals were not going to be a playoff team. And I was laughed at. I'm sitting here today, and I'm doubling down. And I'm going, look, what I've seen in the last two weeks, they're not going to be a playoff team which is why I wanted to talk about both sides because here's the situation. You're you're one and three now. Burrow, one sixty five today, no touchdowns. Obviously he's he's hurt. What do you what do you do if you're uh Cincinnati? You can't just it's, look so next week, here here's a perfect example. They they have to hit the road. 
They're going to go west. They play the Cardinals. They're a set. They're a touchdown favorite on the road. And and we've you've talked about the Cardinals all season long about being feisty, and they did. They were feisty for most of the game today in that loss to San Francisco. Uh, how do you like? How can you bet on the Bengals next week on the road? A touchdown favorite. I absolutely love Arizona. Arizona. They didn't watch the game. They should have covered tonight. Um, a, a, a rare drop by Zach Ertz, the first drop that he's had all year, was a touchdown. After that play, it was another play right after that. Should have been a touchdown. Uh, Dobbs is playing well. Connor's playing well. Their defense is playing well. Yeah, I like Arizona, and I like them a lot. Um, th- this Cincinnati team is broken. They won the game on Monday night for de- because of defense. In those other games, look at what they've scored. Three points here, three points there. They can't get anything working, Tim. I mean, nothing is working for Cincinnati. And people are just betting on them miraculously. I saw a guy out there, one of these professional handicappers, quote-unquote, right? Uh, you know, one of these complete social media heads going, oh, you want great value? Joe Burrow, 300 yards and three touchdowns. What game have you watched this year that makes you think that? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, I, I think people are still on that Joe Burrow is going to wake up and be Joe Burrow. Well, he's not. He's not Joe Burrow this year. Titans-Colts division matchup, Tom, in Indianapolis. This is a pick em. Uh, I, I just think Colts games are too tough to, to call. I think they're just way too tough right now, Tim. Uh, where are you leaning? Because I'm having a hard time with the Colts and the Rams. These are the two teams I'm having a hard time with. Where am I leaning on this one? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I like the Titans, but I don't like the Lions, so it probably keeps me off of it, and, and for good reason, right? If it was the Colts at the Titans, it would be what field goal or more. So, and and Tennessee again, road versus home, they're a completely different team. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's just Colts are sneaky too, and and I, I can't I can't make a prediction either way. In a pick 'em, I guess in a pick 'em situation, I, I would take the Titans, but. There's not a strong belief, total belief behind that. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you got to kind of, I guess you got to kind of lean the Titans after what you just watched, but it, it's a division match. I'm going nowhere near this one. Lining up what we're going to look at here now, our number two of Heat Wave Sports. More week five in the NFL. We have, of course, I've saved. Tommy's team and my team for for our number two. We'll talk Ravens and Bears. We'll also talk about your Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this year looks like last year, and we'll break that one down as well as they came up lame today in L.A. against the Chargers. Major League Baseball will go over the postseason bracket. I love the matchups. I know Tommy does as well. We'll also kind of take a look at the teams that were uh, the rest of the teams in Major League Baseball and what. What to look ahead to, even though the playoffs haven't finished, what kind of look ahead to for next season in Major League Baseball. We'll do all of that in hour number two. It's Heat Wave Sports Super Sunday Night, Fox Sports Radio. Hour number two of Heat Wave Sports here on a Super Sunday Night, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Tim and Tom, we got Angel and Mateo with you as well, rolling through week four of the National Football League. Week four of the National Football League brought a three and zero record for Tom Barton Sports.com. Tom, um, where are you at percentage wise, wins wise, through four weeks of the NFL? 11 and 5 uh, for Tom Barton Sports.com clients. 11 and 5. I've had played um, a 3 0 week this week. I have had a 
absolutely unblemished level three record right now. Anybody that knows TomBartonSports.com, uh, level three is is more than double level twos. Unblemished level three, but 11-5 and five overall is still amazing, even if you're playing everything exactly even. This is one of the best starts that I've gotten off. Usually, and, and you know, I used to joke around that I'm Bill Belichick, because Belichick always used to say for the first four weeks, he's just kind of playing around. Uh, for the first four weeks of the season, I usually struggle. Right? I mean, you know that. We, we've talked about that for a while. Um, but usually right about week five and six, I hit my stride. And right now I'm 11-5 and five already. This is a year that I felt great about going in. I felt like I knew the teams better than, than anybody else. And it's really proving it out. I, I think that because of all the the public money, the public perception, I think it gives handicappers a huge, huge distinct advantage. So much information can get overflooded. And I think that the market's overflooaded. You guys want to jump on board 11 and 5 right now, NFL season. Jump on TomBartonSports.com. And you, you do the math. I give about three or four plays per week in the NFL. I'm not overloading you, but it's consistent winners. You did miss a 3-0 day today. That doesn't mean you have to continue to miss plays. It's TomBartonSports.com. I'm no Tom Barton. We always joke around. I call myself Tim Barton Sports when I do well, and today was a Tim Barton Sports day as well. So I had, Tommy, I had uh, the Timmy teaser, which was a winner that you gave out for me last night with the Eagles, who we'll get into that game here in a little bit, but they Look, they got the minus two. That's all I needed. We had the Jags on the uh, plus four with the Jags. They win outright, of course. I also bet the Jags straight. Tommy, like you like them as well in England. And uh, I bet my Ravens plus points, so I had a good day. But I want to talk about the England game because you broke it down. You said if this was another statement game that the Jaguars had to make after a bum performance the week before, they did exactly how you said they would do in, in – uh, Week number number two, right? Was it week three? Week one. Week two. I'm not, oh, no, that was the Bills. I, I'm sorry. So this was the Jaguar statement game to bounce back off of a terrible performance. And uh, I don't know if you had Marty. What was it? You talk about Doc Brown's almanac. But, man, the Jaguars did what they that she said they were going to do. 23-7 defense took great. Trevor Lawrence, he was, he was effective. He didn't have superstar numbers, but he was effective leader today. Yeah, look, they were up 17-0. Don't let the final score fool you. They were up 17-0, and they went to their run game. I mean, that's really what it was, Tim, right? Uh, Lawrence looked good. The drops, look, this was the most unlucky team. The most unlucky team in the NFL after the first three weeks. It's just reality. If you watch the games, it's even more so just prevalent of what this team was. And Trevor Lawrence looked effective. He didn't look MVP. He looked effective. But he looked sort of uh, like, like, okay, maybe he's turning a corner. This is kind of one of those games. And it's a tough game. It's in London. It was a tough game. Their defense came to play today, which was nice, but, I mean, it's still against Atlanta. How hard is that? What I like is that, you know, he's spraying the ball around. He went to Ridley early, got him the touchdown out of the way. Then Ridley, he said, you know what? It wasn't really getting the separation. No problem. Let's go to Kirk. No problem. Let's go to Zay Jones. No problem. Let's go to ETN. The the weapons on Jacksonville are very underrated because of how many guys they have. Maybe not as effective as, oh, huge names, but they have a lot of them. So handicap this for me. Have you ever flown overseas that that far, Tom? No, uh, I went to Ireland when I was younger, so not quite that far. But I did just get back from Hawaii, so from New York to Hawaii is quite the uh, trek. Okay, yeah, right. What is the, in your opinion, like or at least for how you felt, 
you traveled, uh, say you traveled home on Monday, and then you have a game six days later, where's the adjustment in the body? When do you start feeling back normal in that week, would you say? You don't. You don't feel <laughs> normal that week. No, I mean, I'm somebody that you know this. Look, I, I, I was coming to Vegas every other week, uh, basically every two weeks for almost 10 years. I went to Seattle uh, once a month for two full years. I do the, the, the trek and I stay up weird hours and my body clock's not that bad. But you're going the long way, you know, you're going to England, you're going to what, you, your body, it doesn't adjust him. And the minute it starts to adjust, people always talk about that. The minute it starts to adjust is kind of when you usually go home. And that's because most people trip, uh, uh, book trips about a week. So no, these guys are not going to be normal. They're not going to feel uh, good until the next week after they're home. So we, we kind of pre-handicapped this game earlier, but I, I totally spaced the, the travel factor. So does it matter to you in this game? Atlanta to London's eight hours, roughly, flight. Uh, it's, it's a decent amount, of, plus the, the time change. You know, there's like a lot of different things factored into that. They're, they're home, at least, so they do fly back to Atlanta. They're home. Tex, the Texans come in. We, we talked about what they were doing. So does this factor into the handicap if you're going to look at this game and the Falcons are a three-and-a-half-point favorite? I, I mean, I think it has to. I, I think you're taking a look at a young team, team where their key players were at college last year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, their key players were at college two years ago and last year. It's a young team. They're unprepared for what's going to happen because how do you prepare for that? Coming home, I mean, coming home is is usually the worst way to do it. And you're coming home off of a loss. And you're coming off off of a loss where you're exposed. And I'm reading things in, um, you know, the Atlanta Twitter pages, Atlanta Constitutional, I'm sure I'm going to have it, where Desmond Ritter might be removed. You don't think that in a long, you know, flight, he's reading that, he's hearing that, he's going to hear that and see that? I, I don't know. I think that this is the perfect week. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care where they're playing. I don't care what the what the line is. I think this is the perfect week to fade Atlanta. With that being said, if there's one thing that, you know, timing is going to be off and the same, things like that, the one thing that you could always rely on is that Bijan's going to be good. Bijan looked great today again, uh, but he could only do so much. Even if they flew home tonight, right, Tom? The assumption is they're, they're not practicing tomorrow. You would have to think that. Uh, Tuesday, you're going you're gonna to go back out there. How does your body feel? I don't know. I haven't made that flight, so I don't know. Wednesday's practice, Thursday's practice, Friday's practice, but mentally, where you, like you said, where are you going to be at? Now you have, uh, so with social media nowadays, you're right. If Ritter's the guy, he's got to feel that there's not 100%, they're not 100% behind him. So, yeah, it's, uh, for me, I can't bet it because I don't believe in Houston still, and I've been proven wrong, Tom, but uh, I would rather take the points with Houston, though, than give them with Atlanta. I just can't bet the game myself. So. Yeah, I I just think that the Atlanta's that young team, you know what I mean? And, and again, mm-hmm. it's hard to bet Houston knowing that the offensive line is playing. I mean, it's just hard. In what was billed as the game of the day, Miami Dolphins headed into Orchard Park to take on the Bills. And it was not the game of the day for Miami. They put up a 70 spot last week. This week they put up 20. Problem is they gave up 20 last week, Tommy, and they gave up 
48 to the Bills. This is a never-in-doubter for me. Josh Allen, four touchdowns. Diggs, three of those, 120 yards receiving. Buffalo put the stamp that they are the team in the AFC, 48-20, and one now. Bills were the best team. We said it exactly word for word last night. Everybody build this up, not to, to be like that, but everybody built this up, I should say, <laughs> um, to be the defense of the Buffalo Bills against the offense of Miami. And I said it last night. Buffalo has beaten this team nine times out of ten. Josh Allen had 700 yards and six touchdowns in the last two games against them. They put up 30-plus points in eight of the last ten games. The Buffalo offense was the real story. No one would listen. The Buffalo offense showed that up again, and they were the real story. Josh Allen was on another planet, and he just comes out and he plays his best against Miami. He now has, in the last three games against Miami, a thousand over a thousand yards passing. He's got ten touchdown passes. It's unreal the absolute crazy numbers that he puts up. I, you know, when here's the thing with with Miami, they seem completely. If we were to look at road home road dichotomy. Wouldn't you look at the Dolphins as a, as always threat at home, but on the road they're really a, for me not an average team, Tom, but they're very beatable. Whereas if you're playing them at home, I, you know you always have to lean with them. So for me today, I was I was solely behind Buffalo as well. I didn't feel that it would be a blowout like this, but I didn't feel that Miami was winning this game, and they didn't they didn't even come close, man. No, look, Miami, I I, I still believe can win the Super Bowl. I really do. I, I still believe. They're a Super Bowl type of team. Um, and it's not that they're on the road. They just got to get something done with this defense. And that's why they and look, they knew it. They went out and got Jalen Ramsey because of this. I think they're a different team when Jalen Ramsey comes back. Uh, Stephon Diggs, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. over 100 yards. He absolutely torched them. And when you're going to go up against guys like that, look, I think that Miami actually has a better chance of beating Kansas City because they don't have that one dominant wide receiver where the Bills really do. I, I think they're a matchup kind of uh, situation. We were talking about, uh, me and Abby, we're talking about um, you know positional situations of where they might land in the playoffs, and I'm going, yeah. There's some teams that are going to give them a lot of problems. Other teams, you know, they're going to be able to go through like butter. Just the nature of how they come out. I will tell you this, uh, Devin Achan, he might be the missing piece, man. This kid is electric, and he just adds another another level. So for the Dolphins, they'll come back home, Tom, and. and uh welcome in the Giants who play tomorrow night so I have scattered lines I don't know what you've seen if this is right or not but it, from what I'm reading it's the Dolphins are a nine point favorite at home against the Giants I think they absolutely humiliate the Giants yeah. um, I'll save uh, it until I watch the Giants tomorrow night but the Giants can't stop the pass that's the one thing that they're bad against they will be on short rest they will be going on the road Barkley's going to come back, guys, more than likely next week, and that line is going to go down to seven. So I wouldn't bet it right away. And if Barkley is announced, oh, watch this, and I don't care. It doesn't matter. To beat Miami, you have got to go to the air. I don't trust Daniel Jones going to the air. And in what could be the game of the week again, Buffalo is in it, Tom, except for they're going to London to play this one. Jaguars will stay. Rest, get on uh, basically a, a normal London schedule right now. They welcome in the Bills, Tom, in a road, ga- road game for Jaguars. Buffalo, minus three at Jackson or Jacksonville, plus three at Buffalo in England. 
I like the Jags. I, this is, to me, this is that game that everybody is going to line up and take Buffalo. I have Buffalo winning the Super Bowl. doesn't mean I don't like them. But the fact that they're staying in London really helps out. The fact that Buffalo is coming off with a huge win and they're only three-point favorites, I, I, to me, something stinks here, Tim. It could be that moment for Jacksonville. Buffalo also has revenge on their minds. Remember, Jacksonville did beat them, you know, in Buffalo. And it, so I probably won't bet the game. But I do like Jacksonville. I was hoping for a bigger line. I was hoping that exactly what happened to uh, Miami actually happened this week. But I was hoping that we were going to get a line of like seven or or more. Jags money line, Tom. Let's you like it? Jags money. I do. Yeah, I, I agree I, with you. It, it's just that spot, right? I mean, there's certain yeah. times on the schedule where there, there's a good spot. Washington, oh so close, Tom, today in Philadelphia, but they do not get it done. They get the touchdown right at the buzzer to force the overtime. And the Eagles, when they needed it, clutch play after clutch play to get the field goal and to win it 34-31. They survived this one to remain 4-0. Jalen, 320, two touchdowns. Uh, Brown, big game receiving with nine grabs, 175, two of those grabs. And Washington had a 17-10 lead at the half. Couldn't hold on to to win this one. Hal looked better this week. He looked bad last week. He looked a lot better this week. He had almost 300 yards passing. But uh, that that's, you know, these teams always play like this as well when you talk about rivalries and, and NFC East. But Philly gets it done, Tom, to remain undefeated. Yeah, here's another, another game where Philly didn't look good. Mm-hmm. But Philly got it done, right? I mean, yeah. Philly didn't look good in this game. Washington had no business being in this game. Washington should have won, by the way, because McLaren was inbounds. Philly just keeps racking up the wins in unimpressive fashion. And people in Philly are going to go, shut up, Tom, who cares? I don't care what kind of fashion we do it in. But I think it does matter, Tim. You know, Sam Howell uh, exposed them quite a bit. This team, this Washington team, exposed them. Again, I walked away from the Philly game going, I don't know how they won this game. They didn't deserve to win this game, but they did win. Philly at the Rams next week in SoFi. Eagles seven point favorite. Uh, I can't. I can't lay seven points with with the Eagles. I, I just can't. I, I have not seen them put together a complete game yet, and maybe it's coming, but I have not seen that yet. Your Las Vegas Raiders, folks, now one and three after a twenty four seventeen defeat at the hands of the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers. Aiden O'Connell with his first start today for the the injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Herbert. Well, number one, Herbert's hurt. We know that. Number two, did not look good at all. The Raider defense was able to get to get to him effectively. They, they miss Eckler. There's no doubt about that. Kelly is not a replacement for Austin Eckler. Uh, Allen banged up as well, but the Chargers persevered and got a win. And, holding on as the Raiders came back. And I, I think there's diff- two different things I wanted to look at here is that um, first of all, Brandon Staley com- just continues to be an idiot, and they probably should have lost this game because of him. If it wasn't for the guy on the other sideline, Tom, who's much more of an idiot than Josh McDaniels that lost this game for this team in the comeback. They had all the momentum, everything going for them. And I know they want to blame it on O'Connell's b- a bad interception that cost them the game there, but 
that that's not what it was. There was a lot leading into that that happened. So for me, I think the Chargers were lucky to win, just like they were lucky to win against uh, Minnesota. They they theoretically could be 0-4 right now, but the Raiders also theoretically could be 0-4. So just for me, this was not an exciting game. It was an ugly game, and um, I don't know what to say right now on, on either side, and, and I don't even know the extent of Herbert's injury because that's really going to be pivotal for, for the Chargers here on out. I, I, this was a frustrating game to watch, and I didn't have a dollar on it because both coaches, like you said, complete disasters. They tried to give the game away. McDaniels tried yeah. to give the game away again. I, yeah. I, I didn't understand this. Josh Jacobs was running the ball well, then they just decided to not give it to Josh Jacobs. Don't give me this Aiden O'Connell stuff that he was bad. He looked fine at once he started to get acclimated there. Um, the Raiders' defense is just a sieve. Their offensive line is bad. Khalil Mack had six sacks today, and he probably could have had about eight or nine uh, with, with just quick releases. Josh McDaniels standing on the sidelines, looking at at you know his rookie quarterback as if it was his fault. Looking at this quarterback as if what are you doing out there? You know what are you talking about? I thought that they were. I thought they played well. Um, the Chargers tried to give the ball away again. They tried to give the game away again in a game where they they sacked the quarterback over and over and over. Justin Herbert ran in for two touchdowns. They just stopped throwing the ball. You said it. Joshua Kelly is not the guy. They were going for it and going for it uh, uh, in second and three situations where they're trying to step back and throw it then, and then they're running the ball in third and five. I mean, it just didn't make any sense, Tim. You have Justin Herbert. I didn't understand the play calling from either coach. I didn't understand the play situation goals for either coach. I, it was a mess. Herbert, a career low 24 attempts, career low 13 completions. And I get it, Tom. Williams is out for the year you got to figure something out. So Johnson's supposed to be that guy. He had just three targets. Allen banged up a little bit, missed some time. No no Eckler. I understand all of it. So, again, lucky to win. But, the, 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 again, the difference between first half and second half, they just seemed like they um, played it safe in the second half, and it almost cost them a game. The problem was on the other end. And here's my question, Tommy, and I'm, I'm not a – a football coach, right? I, I see things and I have my own opinions, but if you knew going into the game that Aiden O'Connell was going to be your guy, why are you playing it safe when you know the Chargers have no Joey Bosa, they have uh, no Stephon Gilmore, right? They have, or excuse me, they have no Gilman, they have no Derwin James. Why are you not taking bit deeper shots when you have a receiving core that they have there in the Renfros and the, the Myers and, of course, Devontae Adams? Why, why wouldn't you, like, expose them or at least try to expose them? I, I didn't see that too much from the Raiders. I don't see a lot of things from the Raiders. I mean, you, you know, like, like you said, this is a maybe. Uh, it's not even a question, really, of the maybe. This is the worst rushing defense in the league, Tim. Yeah. They just gave up on it. And they say, oh, yeah, we got a rookie quarterback. Let's let him, let's let this guy throw all over the field. Don't tell me they were closing holes up. Josh Jacobs looked okay. And, and if they are closing immediate holes up, then you do screen passes. I'm surprised that Josh Jacobs wasn't involved just to a, a, a nauseating extent. He had 139 yards scrimmage yards. He was dominating when he was in there, receiving and running. When he was in there, yeah. 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 Well, Vegas fans – Back home in Elysian next Monday night, so we'll be we'll be happy to see Tommy all the pictures of all the Packer fans in in the arena as Green Bay comes to town. And this is between a pick and it looks like Packers won in a lot of places right now. 
Yeah, I, I'm torn on this. I didn't like. I didn't like what I saw with the Packers. I think that Jordan Love is just not the guy. I think that we don't we can see that. But if Aaron Jones is healthy, Christian Watson's healthy, and they have extra rest, I'm starting to lean Green Bay in this spot. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the quarterback for me uh, of the Raiders. It's kind of against their defense. I saved the last two games for us, Tom, to talk about. And um, in what's become a tongue-in-cheek rant on the bra- uh, the Bears every weekend, Tommy, I'll, I'll keep this short. Broncos 31, Bears 28. Broncos get their first win of the year. Bears drop to 0-4. and four. Denver came into this game off that 50-point loss, as you talked about last night, against Miami. They were down 21-7 at the half and find a way to win this one. 17 points in the fourth quarter to get the win. Bears put up 471 yards of offense, Tom, and lose this football game to Denver. Yeah, look, uh, Justin Fields became a drop-back passer. <laughs> right? And, and he looked good. It looked like the Ohio State days. I still believe that they should have been running a little bit more. But, uh, look, the Bears' defense is garbage. We knew that coming into the season. I sat down with uh, and did an article with the Chicago Sun-Times where I, I talked about I'm terrified of this defense because they don't have a defensive push. They don't have anybody to get to the quarterback. So they were relying upon the defensive backs. But they're relying upon the defensive backs of Joaquin Brisker, uh, Johnson, and Eddie Jackson. Brisker left the game two, two weeks ago. Eddie Jackson missed this game. He's the uh, starting safety and captain of the defense. And Johnson has clearly regressed this year. So now you have a weak weakened, we'll say, secondary, and you're getting no push. I could sit back there and just pick this team apart. Uh, Javante Williams went down, and this team just said, uh, Denver Broncos said, all right, we're not going to try to run the ball. We're just throwing it all day, and it worked, and it worked effectively. The Bears were out of sorts. Uh, Justin Fields had a terrible, you know, turnover that ran it in for a touchdown, and that was kind of the the end of the game. But here we go. Matty Eberflus, with three minutes to go, goes for it on fourth and one instead of going up 31-28, Tim. What, what, what are you doing? And I guess you could say, well, you know what? You know, what, what do they care? No, 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 no. This looks like a team that's intentionally trying to lose to me. That's the only, that's the only thing. They are tanking for Caleb in week four. <laughs> tanking for Caleb. With, with we have to maybe not the same. Money. Maybe not the same coaching staff either. That's the funny thing. You're tanking for Caleb and you might not be there anyways. It better not be. Luke Getzi should wake up tomorrow morning with a pink slip. What do you do with Justin Fields if Caleb's to tank? Man, I think Justin Fields could still be a player in this league, but he needs good coaching. I, I, you have to trade him. And as a matter of fact, what I would do is, is I would make that decision now, but they won't, unless they get the number one overall pick, they're not going to do this, you know? Um, so they're going to trade him on, on that day. Look, Bill Belichick probably could work wonders with him. I, I told her what how many games they play in the season now Tom 17 is that right yes yeah so the the 0 for 17 talk begins tonight Chicago on the clock Tom plus five next week at Washington uh, I don't know how you could take the Bears here but I don't like what I I, I, I don't know I don't like Washington coming off of a heartbreaking loss like that mm-hmm. and giving that many points and on a short week I, I, you think that the Bears found something? I don't know. Look, they haven't won a game in the last 14. 14 straight games they've they've lost, and 14 straight teams have scored 25 or more points. I, 
I mean, do with that information what you will. I am. My decision is not to play the game. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. NFC North division rivalry and the Baltimore Ravens punished the Cleveland Browns today in Cleveland 28 to 3 Lamar Jackson four total touchdowns two through the air two on the ground all this with two missing receivers who are hurt left tackle's hurt right tackle got hurt in the game secondary's banged up we're waiting Marlon Humphrey come back next week hopefully going up against the number one ranked defense in the NFL 296 yards later Tommy the Ravens now three and one with the win Deshaun Watson not in this game. In fact, it was Bishop Gormangrad, Thompson Robinson out of UCLA that saw him many times over at Fertitta Field in Las Vegas, play high school football. So that was kind of cool to see him, but you could tell he was a deer in headlights. He was the rookie, Tommy. Three picks, pummeled four times by the Raven defense for sacks. This was uh, Jim Harbaugh's 150th win, so we had Andy Reid with 250 now. Jim Harbaugh now has 150, and the Ravens, uh, we, we – you talked about it last night. We talked about it last week. Coming off losses as an underdog, Ravens are tough, and they came out ready to play today. I'll be with all those injuries, and I'm worried about that heading forward. But at the end of today, Tom, I was happy. Oh, look, the minute that Watson was out, the game was over. And Watson's not good, but this kid was – he wasn't prepared for what was going to be brought down upon him, and that's exactly what happened. You can talk about Lamar Jackson, and he did it with his legs and his arms. That's really nice, and – the defense of Cleveland, you know, was exposed a little bit, but it was all about a rookie quarterback. You put a rookie quarterback in that spot, a backup rookie quarterback in that spot, and a backup mm-hmm. rookie quarterback that I know. Look, I got texts when it was going to be him, and they said, oh, man, DTR could be good, and I'm going, ah, I don't know. I didn't like his film. I didn't love him in college. Just not not, not the guy that could walk in and kind of inspire a team and to, to beat a rival like the Ravens in that spot with that defense. I thought that he was going to struggle all day, and he had – Give him another week under his belt. Maybe things will change, Tim. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't see what everybody else saw in this kid. And I'm not telling you that he can't change it, but from the only information that I had was his old film, and I didn't love it. DTR, huh? People giving him a nickname yeah. already. Oh, oh yeah, man. Am I, am I just that guy, Tom? That it, it excited me when. So in the last, they sealed the game. It was. Uh, Jackson to Andrews for a touchdown to put him up 28-3. And, of course, because CBS is sinister like I am, they pan to the crowd and they show all these Cleveland fans just running for the exits like they were giving food away outside or something. And I just chuckled to myself because I've seen that so many times with the Ravens. Dejected Brown fans just turning their backs and walking away. It gives me pleasure in beating on the Browns, Tom. It really does. And it's not even the Browns' fault. They have inept ownership, and that's the bottom line of what we've talked about in the last decade is they have idiots running everything there. So a little smile on my face. And even if we lose to them later on in the season, it doesn't matter, Tom, because that's etched in my brain to go on their field and win it. As long as it doesn't cost us a playoff spot later, Tommy, then I'll be really pissed off. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, you can take joy in, in beating that team. And you've always hated Cleveland. I, you know, I used to, I remember when I when I met you, I wasn't really sure, and I just assumed you, you didn't like it. And then as the years went on, I was like, man, you hate Cleveland even more than Pittsburgh. I, I, oh, man, you, <laughs> right. hate, you, hate, you hate them more. And you're like, oh, yeah, I do. I don't know yeah. why, but I do. And I hate Pittsburgh. Trust me, I hate them, but... <laughs> Something about Cle- I, I, it must be the arrogance that their fans have, or the stupidity. I'm not sure which one it is because the Jet fans is right there with them, and just 
uh, dumbassness. Is that even a word? That you put yourself out there and your teams have done literally nothing in what? How many years? 10, 15 years? Nothing. But you act like you're the Bills. You act like you're the Chiefs and you're not. So maybe I just take pleasure in just dumb people. I'm not sure what it is, man. <laughs> uh, do you mean Padre fans? Hey, no. They had they they were still they were still in it with three games to go, Tom. Wasn't oh, that with yeah. the the spin on it? Wasn't that the spin on it? So were the Pirates. Like yes, the... they were. You're right. So one from one rivalry to another. Ravens at the Steelers next week, Tom. Ravens minus one on the road. You gotta like the Ravens here. I, I, I haven't seen nothing good with the Steelers, but Mike Tomlin at home as an underdog, and I think Trubinsky's the better quarterback. I wouldn't bet it because mm-hmm. of that. I think Trubinsky's better. I think you use him a better shot to win. So you're not going up against Kenny Pickett here. I don't think the Pittsburgh's as bad as we've seen. And this is a rivalry game. And Tomlin, if anybody can get a team fired up, you said it the post the post press. He's pissed. They're they're gonna they're gonna be ready for Baltimore this week. I expect an old fashioned Baltimore Pittsburgh uh, low scoring game next week, man. Yeah. Uh, it's thirteen three, something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. Sixteen thirteen, right? That, that'll work? Yes. Yeah. Week four ends tomorrow night. Seattle at the Giants. Tom, the Hawks, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Ah, uh, man. I have gone back and forth about this a million times. Seattle's the better team. Seattle has the better offensive line. Seattle has the better running game. Seattle has the better offense. Seattle has the better receivers. Seattle has the better middle, middle linebackers. But Seattle gets beat a lot. Their defensive backs are their weak spot, they don't get a genuine pass rush. What do the Giants have? Not much. They're at home? Okay, that's great. Uh, their offensive line is ba- banged up. Thomas is out of this game. Their defense looks like a sieve. Why Why am I le- leaning towards the Giants? I have no reasoning to. None. But I watch the film and I watch the tape and I go, Daniel Jones can just be that kind of thorn in people's sides. I, you have to go Seattle. Oh, man, though, I-, I am leaning the Giants for reasons that I'm trying to look for. Yeah. That's it for week four of the NFL. We'll take the final time out on the other side. Major League Baseball playoffs start Tuesday. We're going to look at all the games as we get to the-, the home stretch of the 2023 MLB season. Stay tuned. Baseball up next here on Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Now back to Heatwave Sports with Tim Bumblesby and Tom Barton. Going to finish this off tonight with some Major League Baseball talk as the playoffs are set. Bracket is out. Tommy and I's favorite sport. We're going to dig into this, Tom, is... Uh, should be a nice playoffs. There's a lot of fun young teams in this. So as we look at the seeding, the number one seeds out of each uh, league will be the Braves and Baltimore. The two seeds are the Dodgers and the Astros. So they all get technically a first-round bye, which leads into Tuesday's game. So you get one day off. We're starting them off Tuesday early, 12 o'clock. Here in the left coast, number four seed, Tampa Rays, Tom, against the number five seed, Texas Rangers. So Texas 
by virtue of losing today, Tommy, not only did they lose the division, they lose home field, and they have to play in the first round against Tampa. So just a complete meltdown by Texas here this past weekend. So here we go. Rangers at the Rays. Montgomery versus Glasnow. Complete meltdown by Texas? What do you mean by the Texas bullpen? I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we're looking at. Um, yeah, the series prices actually says that, that the Rays should crush them here. I, I don't particularly agree. Look, the Rays have strung this thing together with Band-Aid and duct tape themselves. This is not a dominant Rays team that we're used to. I think that Texas is a dangerous, dangerous team. I, they certainly, certainly have their problems, okay? Uh, but Tampa Bay opens up as a minus 160 favorite? I, look, you go head-to-head. Glasnow is going to be hard to beat, right? I, I get that. But after that, you have Eflin, who I like, has a good season. I don't think he's unhittable. I don't think he's unbeatable. The Rays' bullpen actually was a problem at points this year. And who do you feel better about outslugging Texas? So uh, the real question is, Tampa Bay is going to get the, the pitching advantage. Texas gets the, the hitting advantage. The real question is, can Texas' bullpen do anything to give you any kind of confidence? I mean, I, I know that the smart money's on Tampa. Glasnow, Eflin, back-to-back, they look good. I mean, they look really good, a little, little daunting. But I think that Texas can hit them. And I, I, I don't mind who Texas is throwing early. It's late. And if you have been following the Tampa Bay Rays, their bullpen is not exactly locked down. Mm-hmm. Game two starters looks like it's going to be Nate Eovoldi versus, you said it's Zach Eflin. And yet you're right. This should be coming down to a battle of the bullpens. If it, so it's a sketchy. It is really sketchy. Is I think Texas is just going in the wrong direction, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they very much are. Three versus six by virtue of winning the division. The Minnesota Twins are your three seed. They'll be home on Tuesday morning to take on Toronto. Tommy, who get the last uh, playoff spot as the sixth seed. Game one starters will be Kevin Gallisman for the Jays, Pablo Lopez for the Twins. Uh, here's another one. Minus 125 for the Twins. I think that people are used to the Twins just stinking at this point of the year, right? Um, I think that they, they might be the better team, Tim. They certainly have the better pitching, right? Um, mm-hmm. Lopez and Sonny Gray should finish second to Garrett Cole. They, they probably have the better bullpen. Back end is Romero, but probably have the better bullpen. Here we go. Do you believe in the hitting or the pitching? I know Minnesota has a history of losing these first-round games. I know that we all made fun of Minnesota all year. Ah, they're just going to be the first team going home. I don't trust Toronto here, Tim. I... I I like Bassett. I like him. I love him. I do like Gaussman. He's, he's awesome. But outside of that, pitching is questionable. Their middle relief is questionable. And even their middle of their lineup, Vladimir Guerrero, go look at his numbers. They haven't been crushing the ball, specifically him. Bichette scares me, sure. Springer's got the experience. I, I think it's more of a toss-up than we think it is. Game two guys would be Barrios for the Twins, Gray for the Twins, or excuse me, Gray for the Twins, Barrios for the Jays. Just straight pitching, right? I, I, I lean Minnesota and their home. I, I know the bats in Toronto can be explosive at times, but um, yeah, man, it's a, this is a, it's a coin toss for me, Tom, and and I kind of I kind of want to shade towards the Twins, man. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I mean. 
I don't want to lay the 125. I actually thought Toronto was going to be uh, the, the favorite here. I, I'm mm-hmm. not taking Toronto plus 105. I was hoping I could get Minnesota at even money. I don't like to lay the 125, but I'm with you. If you're giving me a free 100 bucks, I'm putting it on Minnesota as opposed to on Toronto. So the Orioles will play the winner of the Rays, Rangers, whereas the Astros will play the winner of the Jays, Twins. I think Houston got a better draw there. You look at Houston, and I mean they're 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 a flawed team. Uh, they almost didn't make it, but mm-hmm. you don't want to face them. Are they the team that in the entire forget about even the American League, in the entire baseball outside of Atlanta that you don't want to face? Yeah, I think so. I think that 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 scary team. The experience, the championship, the motivation, whatever you want to put it that way. But and you're right, they literally at one point Tom um, were conceivably out and they the weekend Verlander I, I text you this Verlander was just money in his last two starts in two huge games they had to have and they put themselves in a two seed and they get rest and, and you know what if it ends up being Houston Minnesota Tom in the second round you know where we like you know what we like at that point yeah look I think I think I'm taking Houston the next round no matter what right I mean it's, it's a matter which which team? You go in Houston because of the experience. But it wouldn't shock me if Minnesota or Toronto moved mm-hmm. on. That's the thing. I mean, the American League to me is a complete crapshoot. Does the rest hurt the Orioles, Tom? No, no. The rest doesn't hurt them. What hurts them is that they had a hard time closing out games late in the year. Yeah. Uh, games that I didn't think that they should be struggling with. And they are the fun team, Tim. Because they're winning nine, eight games, coming back from three in the ninth, and they're, they're coming back from five in the seventh. And that gets you in trouble in the playoffs. I still think that the way that Grayson Rodriguez is pitching really gives them a boost up. I do like their bullpen. I like their hitting. I like Baltimore to still win this thing in the American League. But there's a lot of concern there. National League side of it, Atlanta Braves, the one seed, they'll play the winner of this series. Florida, Tom, who snuck in over the weekend, and the Phillies, that's the 4-5 matchup. Game one starters, Lusardo for the Marlins, Wheeler for the Phils. Oh, everyone's talking about Philadelphia being the most dangerous team, the most dangerous team. Yes, they are. They have the pedigree. They have the hitting. Uh, Nola and Wheeler have the name recognition. But there's something about Miami. I've been talking about them before the year. Remember, before the year, I told you, I thought Miami could sneak into the playoffs. I like uh, Alcantara to be one of the main reasons, okay? Um, but I like this Miami team. Their pitching is fantastic, okay? Absolutely fantastic. But suddenly, I have to worry about their bullpen. Now, you do have Jazz Chisholm for a full year. I mean, you do have guys that are coming back um, that are healthy and dangerous. Luis Arras, they are a dangerous, dangerous team. If I had more faith in their bullpen, because I don't love the Philly bullpen either, I think I would be going with Miami to win the series. But I will tell you this, at plus 180 coming back, I kind of like Miami. Game two starters announced Garrett versus Nola. Uh, you talked about this early in the year. Do you want to go in the playoffs and have to look at Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola 1-2? That, that's what Florida has to essentially do. So if they're going to win it, they're going to earn it, Tom. Yeah, but look at Aaron Nola this year. He's not intimidating me. He's not worrying me. Dodgers, the two seed, will play the winner of Arizona-Milwaukee. That is your 3-6. Brewers win the Central. Diamondbacks sneaking, even though a terrible weekend. But the Cubs were even worse. 
and it puts you in the reds as well. So the Diamondbacks are in. They almost blew that, but they get in. So here's a fun, here's a funny quirk, Tommy, and maybe some strategy here. So the game two starters were announced first before the game one starters. If you see that. So on Wednesday, we're going to get Zach Gallen and Brandon Woodruff. Now that's if you love pitching. That's a matchup, right? And the, this will be in Milwaukee. That's the game two starters. The game one Milwaukee's starters are... Milwaukee's just a dynamo. Yeah. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. The game one starters, which will be Tuesday morning. I don't know who's pitching game one for the Brewers. And Arizona just announced it a few hours ago. They're going with rookie Brandon Fatt in game number one of this series. So game two starters announced before the game one starters. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I don't know. Brandon Fat against uh, Milwaukee's just that team. Every year I buy into it. You've been with mm -hmm. me how many years now in a row? I go, man, if they could ever get Woodruff and Burns and Peralta healthy and a one, two, three, and Devin Williams on the back end, I don't care what they do. I don't care how they hit, right? Every single year I've said that. Every year I bought in, and every year we're in the same position, right? Every year we're in the same position. I I'm here again, Tim. They've sucked me in again. Milwaukee's the most dangerous team for me, even more dangerous than Philly because of that pitching staff. But could I see them losing in round one to Arizona? I certainly can. I, that's Milwaukee. They, they, they burned me. Do you think? Here's the thing with Diamondbacks. They have nothing to lose, right? They weren't supposed to be here. They got there. They almost, or they weren't supposed to be there to begin with. A lot of people had faith in the youth. Corbin Carroll, obviously a great story this year. Uh, Gallon, money, right? He's absolutely money. A lot of great prospects coming up in the pipes. They've got some playing time this year. They they uh, they contended for a while there with the Dodgers. They, they slipped back a little bit, stayed in wildcard contention, tried to give it away this weekend, and they get in. And now automatically you're talking, like, who, who's starting game one? Well, it's, it's either Burns or Peralta. So they're, they're automatically faced again, uh, right in the corner. So... They have nothing to play for. That's the that's what makes them dangerous to me, Tom. Is that they're not supposed to be here. So they, it's the you know, they're. I don't think intimidation is the word. It's more like they're eager and hungry at this point. Yeah, it, it is. Who's the who's the guy though that is basically going to to swing the needle for you, Tim? Who's the one player that you go, okay, this could change everything for Arizona? Yeah. It's not Corbin Cowell. We know how good he's going to be. It's not Zach Allen. We know how good he's going to be. Right. Is it, is it I don't have Christian that Walker? No, I don't have faith in he. I know Christian Walker real well from the Orioles system, and I think he's a hell of a power hitter. But I don't. I don't. I can't answer that. I don't have an answer for you. It's, that's okay. So you know how good the pitching staff is in Milwaukee, and that's a huge. If they're on, forget about it. This is short series. It's over. But if it's not on, who's the guy that swings it Milwaukee's way if they struggle? Uh, yeah, yeah, that that they can't they can't survive unless all three of their starting pitchers are on. And Devin Williams. Yeah. The good thing is, Tom, we get four games Tuesday, four games Wednesday, so it's going to be a long, long night for uh, well, their day and game all days. Day. And yeah. And yeah. all day we get them all day long. That's the best part about it. What I did see today was the Mets fired Bucky. So Showalter gone, Tom, after a season where they were going to be the World Series champions. And 
I, you know, scapegoat for the owners the way I look at it. Uh, this was a weird situation. He kind of came to the podium. It seemed like he was quitting. And then it was coming out that he was fired. But you couldn't take... The press wasn't allowed to take uh, any questions until tomorrow. It's just a weird situation. You know, a friend of mine, uh, I'll give him a shout-out. My friend friend Jay, who was my bar manager, texted me right afterwards. He's a Met fan. I'm a Yankee fan, but he's a level-headed Met fan. And he said, um, you know, uh, th- this is kind of ridiculous. He was kind of up in arms about it. As I'm talking to him in a very, you know, nice manner, my crazy Yankee fan friend, who I love, uh, writes me and goes, Buck Showalter, new Yankees GM, sign up now at – and he's usually the irrational one, and I was going, hmm, I would do that tomorrow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, yeah, I would, I would, I would do that tomorrow. But you already know that it's not changing there for the Yankees, right? You're coming back with the same guys. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's the same same team, same same yeah. team. A couple of youngsters here, there. Yeah. Any? Have you heard any rumors of which way? I mean, with with Cohen, you, you have no. There's just. No way to tell what this guy's thinking. So. He wants Otani. He wants the mantelpiece. If you watch the movie Billions or the, the TV show Billions, he thinks that, mm-hmm. that it's after him, and maybe it was based after him. And that's what he wants. He wants a showpiece. He wants a mantelpiece. He wants to tell everybody, look at what I have. He wants Otani at all costs. Do I think he's going to get him? I'm not sure. Do I think it's good for the Mets to get him? No, I don't think it is. I don't think that that's the, the fix for them. But he wants Otani. They have no, no, no doubt about that. What about as a manager, though? Uh, does he want a yes man? I, I, does it matter? Yeah, no. Because he's, if he's involved, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. So. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I don't know who – actually, let me rephrase, because money makes decisions for you sometimes. But I don't know who would want to manage under that type of um, – Involvement. Let's just put it that way. You guys too involved to be uh, easy to work for, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that that was a quick one. I expect there to be obviously more coming here this week because a lot of teams are setting up their postseason press conferences. I think the Angels have one coming up, so I'm assuming they'll move on from Phil Nevin as well, Tom, you know, so another prime spot job will be open for a team that underachieves every season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, you know, who's the man- Who's the hot manager out there is the question. I-, I don't even know. I don't even know who the hot manager is, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe Council. He's done a solid job in Milwaukee, I'd say. Got Gabe. Gabe's out there, Tommy. You want Gabe? <laughs> he, just, he just got fired. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Prediction. One weekend. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. But uh, still, Braves. How do you not? I mean, how do you not? The, the team that might knock them off is Milwaukee, and they just. I mean, how do you not go? It would take something extra, just ridiculous, for, to knock this team off. Braves Orioles would be fun, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Dodgers Orioles. You know, last night over at Aviators Park, uh, Las Vegas Ballpark, was the Triple A All Triple uh, A Championship game. Tom, it was the Dodgers and the Orioles. 
AAA team. So Norfolk and Oklahoma City played, and the Orioles won the AAA title, Tommy. Well, they'll, they'll all be up there next week with you guys, uh, or next year, I mean, with you guys, and, and winning some more championships. I mean, the Orioles are just a factory at this point. Yeah. I sent you the lineup in game one of the International League final, and I was like, there's five top 25 prospects on this team, and there's five more that are already up that aren't on this team anymore. They were there during the season. They obviously got called up. I'm talking about the Graysons, right? Uh, and Jackson Holiday, who has actually called all the way up to AAA. It's being drafted just a couple months ago. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the Oakland A's won, what, three or four Rookie of the Years in a row. Uh, the Orioles might be able to beat that. Hey, and they won some titles because of it, didn't they? So let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. All right, Tom. Great week, 3-0, and TomBartonSports.com. What's lined up for this week? We got Major League Baseball. We got Monday Night Football. And then, of course, we're leading into week five of the NFL with Thursday night action. So it's a short week for us. But that's what we do. Talk about TomBartonSports.com, sir. Yeah, guys, go check it out. It's TomBartonSports.com, 11-5 in the NFL. It is TomBartonSports.com. You sign up now, you get the entire month of October, even a little into November, 30 full days, every Major League Baseball play that we give out, every college football play, every basketball, every hockey play, and, yes, every NFL play. That is 11-5 right now at TomBartonSports.com. Tom, wonderful job. We will talk to you next week, sir, here on Heway Sports. <laughs>